When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, but I think maybe we should change the title this week to On Texas Basketball uh, because uh, this time uh, we're going to talk about the Longhorns basketball team under Chris Beard. Uh, Beard has Texas ranked in the preseason in the top five nationally. Uh, and after coming over from Texas Tech, uh, has, you know, he's constructed a roster that is, is pretty darn impressive. I was talking to my guest off camera here earlier, and Texas returns because of its transfers and, and existing players coming back more than 100 points per game in basketball, which I think is a stat that's absolutely unheard of. Uh, anywhere else in college basketball. And we're going to try to dive into that a little bit. Uh, and I think this will get people excited about basketball for the Longhorns this year uh, and what Chris Beard and, and his staff are doing. So uh, I'm going to bring in Jerry Hamilton now. Uh, Jerry is uh, national recruiting director for both football, or national recruiting analyst for both football and basketball for On3. Not a lot of people know this about Jerry, but he is a huge basketball fan on top of his football recruiting duties. Uh, and uh, Jerry, welcome in, bud. Thanks for having me, Bobby. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a uh, first time Texas is ranked top five in basketball in the AP poll preseason in a decade or more. So that's what Chris Beard has done in a short amount of time. Do you think the the excitement is is uh, justified? I do. I do think the uh, excitement's justified. I think first of all, the new coach, right, and a guy who comes in as a Texas graduate. I mean, every, the, the stars aligned for Texas fans here and did the opposite for Texas Tech fans, right? Chris Beard's a Texas graduate. He was at Texas Tech. First time Texas Tech ever went to the Elite Eight. Then the following year went to the national title game and was right there with Virginia and, and then lost in a uh, late no T. But, you know, he, he comes from Texas Tech where he had great success. And keep in mind, when I say first coach to ever do this at Texas Tech, Bobby Knight, Tubby Smith, Hall of Fame coaches came through Texas Tech. Nobody ever did this. Obviously, Chris Beard had many years at Tech under Bob Knight before going on to be a head coach. But So the stars kind of aligned for Texas on this. I think uh, you know Coach Beard understands how to market basketball at Texas, which has never really been done before. And I think there's a big outreach from Beard and the university uh, it, it's perfect timing for Coach Beard with the Moody with Moody coming in next year. This will be the last year in the drum. Uh, so you come in with a top five ranked team. You know they play at Gonzaga November thirteenth, who's preseason number one. Uh, but yes, I think he's got an extremely experienced team. I know we're about to talk about it. Brought in seven transfers. You know you're talking about over seven hundred. Uh, college games played by the members of this team, over 500 starts. There's going to be four guys coming off the bench, whoever that is, who have started 20 or more games in high major basketball who are not going to start for this team. Jerry, I, I, I mentioned in my morning article this morning about how when I went to Texas, basketball was rocking. 
I mean, we had Lance Blanks, Travis Mays, Joey Wright. It was fun to go. I remember going to the ticket draw at Texas as a student and I got the upper deck. You know, <laughs> it, it, there you, there was no, oh, I want right next. I mean, you got the upper deck and you were happy to be in the building. Yeah. And, and I think that those sorts of things can return to Texas with a type of team that people and, and players that people can identify with. I made mention in this this article about how, you know, Rick Barnes, when he first started, I thought he really had that. He got he had some guys in there that that were sprinkled in that were these lunch pail guys that really got the most out of themselves. And then he added a TJ Ford on top of it. And all of a sudden they were a final four team. But then after that, TJ Ford allowed him to go after Kevin Durant, probably. And then yeah. Marcus Aldridge and all these and other all those guys, yeah. one and done type guys that really didn't allow for that cohesiveness and toughness as a team to to occur. And I think you saw the fan uh, interest uh, drop in that in that period because of that. Uh, so he is Beard, though, is constructing a team in a way that I think is more conducive to that type of uh it's not necessarily one and done, even though a lot of these guys are transfers. Some of them have multiple years left, but they're all have a toughness to them and a team oriented atmosphere. None of these guys are looking to go in the top five in the lottery. Now, maybe they have some amazing year and end up. I mean, nobody can predict everything, but these are guys that are quality basketball players that are team focused. But tell me how he went about constructing the group he did to add into Andrew Jones, Jace Fabrice, and uh, uh, Courtney, Courtney Ray. Ray. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's interesting that you pointed that out, Bobby. Bill Self said this in the Big 12 media days uh, two days ago, was even Kansas. He said, we're not a team that has a couple of guys that are going to top 10, top five of the draft. But what we have is a really good group of basketball players, and some of those guys will have NBA futures and futures overseas and make careers in basketball. And that's the same place Texas is at with this team. Um, you know, And I think that's what makes it really interesting. And I think the fans are going to kind of be engaged with this team. And Texas is going to bring those guys out publicly more. They already have. But, yeah, Coach Beard, did, uh, his staff, first of all, let's, let's mention the staff. Chris Ogden played on the Final Four at Texas, right? He's the uh, – uh, I, I call him the uh, chief of staff for basketball. Look, at basketball, Chris Beard's constructing something similar to what Nick Saban has at, at Alabama. It's going to be a full staff encompassing everything, first time in Texas history in basketball. Bob Donawal is a player development. Uh, you know, Yao Ming – brought him to China to be the, the Chinese national team coach. I mean, he worked with LeBron James early on. He's a well-respected player development guy. So you take those two guys who initially were off the court coaches. So Rodney Terry, uh, who obviously was the head coach at UTEP, coached at Texas on some of those really good Rick Barnes teams under Rick. Then he went to Fresno State and then UTEP, recruited a lot of really good players at Texas. Ulrich Malagy and Jarrett Tower came over from Kansas. Those guys were initially on the staff of three who could be on the road with Beard recruiting. Well, those rules have been relaxed. So now Donald and Ogden can actually coach on the court. So you have a couple of coaches who are on the road this week recruiting, but you still have your guys coaching on the court with Beard. 
So that's Beard is ahead of the game as far as where the rules were going with the NCAA and where they were going to be relaxed. So he constructed a tremendous staff uh, of guys who are really great X's and O's guys uh, and who can help him strategically and see the things he wants to see during a game when he's coaching. And then he has his guys who are tremendous recruiters and up and coming coaches. So he constructed a great staff. And then you get to the transfers, you know, Devin Askew and Timmy Allen, the first day or uh, were the first two guys to jump in from the transfer portal. Uh, Askew's out of California. He was at Kentucky as a freshman. They struggled. Kentucky struggled. I think he's a better player than what was shown at Kentucky last year. He was a top 35 guy in the country. So he comes in and he's essentially going to be the backup point guard to Marcus Carr this year. But Askew's been really good and practiced this far, really pushing Carr defensively. Uh, Timmy Allen was first team all Pac-12. Um, he's a guy from Arizona that Chris Bearded recruited at Texas Tech, averaged 17 a game uh, for two years straight. But he's a really good all-around player. Expanding his, his, his perimeter game is going to be key. And then you had some of those big guys come in after that in the, in the transfer portal. Christian Bishop, 6'8", jumping jack. Power forward out of Creighton was on that Sweet 16 team. He averaged 11 a game last year. He may start. He may come off the bench. We'll see Dylan Dessou from Vanderbilt, local guy from Pflugerville, was six seven and a half in high school. He's six nine, probably in a quarter now. Long arms. He is probably the best NBA prospect on this team. But he's also going to be the key to this team. And I say that, Bobby, because – he had meniscus surgery. He got hurt last year midway through the season at Vanderbilt, which he was leading the SEC in rebounding, 15 points, 9.2 rebounds. They've gone really slow with him. He's been part of the player development uh, with Donna Wald in the offseason. He's done a lot of work skill-wise on his game, but he's yet to be rele released fully to where he goes up and down with these guys and starts banging and everything. And I don't think he's going to play in the Saturday scrimmage with Houston and San Antonio. I think they're going to really take it slow with him. And that's what you can do when you have the depth. But he is going to be the key now, because when you look at it uh, and I'll get to Marcus Carr in a second, but he's going to be the key because he's the guy who hasn't been there with the team this summer as much playing full court. And he adds something that they right now need. And that's a guy that can rebound outside his area. He can shoot the three so you can stretch the court with him, just like you can with Trey Mitchell, who came in, then Marcus Carr. So uh, Avery Benson was at tag. I mean, he's going to be a guy that'll play a little bit off the bench, but he's more of a culture guy, which is huge with, uh, with Chris Beard. But Trey Mitchell and Marcus Carr, the last two transfers, are what really got Texas elevated in these rankings and all the all two or two early top 25s. Trey Mitchell came from UMass, first team all A10, uh, 6'9 skilled guy. Is he shoots it as well as the guards do. He can reach 38% three-point shooter at 6'9, average 18 and a half, seven and a half rebounds. Um, he's got improved defensively, as does Dizou. Uh, those guys have to take it up a notch defensively, which Chris Beard requires, right? There's no there's no taking plays off on the defensive end um, with Chris Beard. And then Marcus Carr is the one that really tied it all together preseason. 6'2 point guard out of Minnesota. He was in the draft. Maybe could have stayed in the draft, gone late second round, probably free agent, but made really good money. Been in the G League, been in a great overseas contract. Who knows? Maybe he makes a team, but he decided to come back after getting feedback from NBA scouts. He's 6'2", 190, averaged 19 points a game at Minnesota last year, and he's a playmaker with the ball. Um, he's a guy who's going to help Andrew Jones and Courtney Ramey get better shots this year. He's a guy who went – you know, look, you're going to run Chris Beard's motion offenses, various, various things off of that, some pick and roll stuff with Marcus Carr out of that motion offense. But when you get the 6-7 on the shot clock, 
and things break down and you need to go get a shot, this is your guy, him and Andrew Jones and Courtney Ramey. But, you know, I don't want to just talk about the transfers without mentioning the guys coming back. Courtney Ramey is said to be the most improved player in the program of all those guys this summer. And a lot of Texas fans just saw how the season ended. They turned on the game in the Big 12 tournament and the NCAA tournament when Ramey had his worst games possibly of his career. But just Texas fans, just remember this. He shot 41% from three. He defends really hard. And he was recruited by Rick Pitino. And the last point is the one I want to make. Rick Pitino is one of the best coaches of all time in college basketball. He didn't miss many on guards. I think Courtney Ramey is going to show to be a much better player this season than Texas fans have seen before. Jerry, I'm going to thank you for that. That, that very interesting and, and detailed. Take you back to the very th- first thing you said in that, that grouping that makes me as a, as a Texas alum excited about where the basketball program's headed. You talked about the support system. Yeah. Um, so here, here's the reality of it in college sports, unlike pro sports, you know, um, and even pro sports, you can go get a free agent or whatever. Um, but in college sports, it's a, so much about the apparatus you bring people into. Um, as opposed to the players dictating that apparatus like they do in the NBA or even the NFL to some degree. If you have a great quarterback in the NFL, it kind of, you know, if you if you have Lamar Jackson in the NFL, you play to Lamar Jackson's strengths, right? And in, in basketball uh, or in college sports, it's so much about how you have everything, uh, you know, checked off. And it sounds like of all the things that you said, I mean, while the players – Names may change a year from now or two years from now or three years from now. The reality of it is, is that he Beard's got in place what he needs or is putting into place what he needs to have sustained success. No and, question. I, and, and I think as we talk about it um, from a uh, an inside Texas perspective, right, on our site, it's important to keep that in mind uh, as we go forward. I do want to get you mentioned a lot of names there. Okay. And I know Dylan Disu, the young man from Vanderbilt led the sec in rebounding, like you mentioned last year. So he's out currently because he's not fully healed given that. And you who are the current, you think starting five and then who are the current two or three or four, however many there's going to be off the bench. Yeah, so uh, that's a great question. And, and obviously, nobody's going to get to see the scrimmage against Houston Saturday. I think some some things will leak out to myself and, you know, Jeff Goodman, some of your national media guys, John Rothstein. But I, I, I won't be surprised if they start three guards Saturday, um, and that being Carr, Jones, and Ramey, uh, maybe with Timmy Allen playing more of a power forward role. He's kind of a combo forward on the college level. And then Trey Mitchell starting. It's not a center. It's a power forward. Chris Beard says positionless basketball, and I believe that to a certain extent. Um, but I think with Disu being out, you probably got to bring Christian Bishop off the bench in that in that regard. When Disu comes back, I expect Texas to start a bigger lineup. So does that mean Andrew Jones becomes a six-man-of-the-year nationally type of candidate because he can put the ball in the hole and he's playing at such a high level? So I, I won't be surprised if three guards don't start early, especially when you look at that Gonzaga game uh, November 13th. I mean, Gonzaga's going to have Drew Timmy and Chet Holmgren, two of the best bigs in college basketball, but they have a totally new back court and have some talented kids 
obviously coming in, but that might be a three guard game to start, depending on the, where Dizu is and in, in the process. But that's kind of what I'm thinking. And look, Andrew Jones, I think Texas fans are going to see Andrew Jones's best season at Texas as well. And I say that because look, he's gained his strength back and he's gaining his confidence back. And so this is kind of the year he's been looking forward to. And now he gets to do so with such a positive from a positive mental place with Coach Beard coming in. And I think he's seeing, okay, I can can put out the effort defensively. I have the energy and the strength to do that when I don't think he did the last couple of years. And, look, he's not a great defender to start, but he he can be a good defender. But I just think getting your – he went through so much physically, as people know. It takes a long time to get your strength back and your confidence back. He's jumping better. But look, he's had he had the first week of practice was unbelievable. I mean, I was told that he had a tremendous week of practice, just scoring the basketball, but playing on both ends. Uh, so I think you're going to see a lot of those guys. And, and Jace Fubris, you mentioned, you know, he had a major, he had micro uh, uh, fracture surgery that takes a long time to come back from. He's a guy who started 60 games at Texas and is going to be valuable off the bench because he can absolutely shoot the ball. But I think Texas fans, that's the thing to watch is, look, one thing to understand about Coach Beard is it's not going to always be aesthetically pleasing offensively, but there's a method to his madness. Uh, You're going to defend. He knows you have to defend at a high level. So there's going to be some games that may not be as pretty to watch as others, but that doesn't mean – he doesn't want to score 75 points against quality opponents. They want to score 75 points, but they also want to have be really strong in the half-court defense and really good in transition defense. This team will get up and down more than some of his teams have traditionally as long as the transition defense is there to go with it. It can't just be one. It has to be the other. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, I, think, I think another key part of, part of this is winning. Yeah. Right? He wins. Uh, he'll get yeah. support. I mean, I, I think that you know, it's not so much um, it's not so much how many points you score per se. You know, it, it's if he develops a winner at Texas and these That's guys right. go out and win, he will get uh, more fans in the seats. He will get more excitement around the program. Uh, and uh, I think people will respond to it. Uh, you know, Jerry, so so the five starters again are for this first go round, you think as they head to, to play this you know, private right. game against Houston. Houston, by the way, a Final Four team from a year ago. A Hall no of Fame five. coach. A couple of yeah. Hall of Fame coaches. Yep, yeah. Kelvin Sampson's terrific. Um, it's going to be Allen, Timmy Allen, transfer from Utah, right? Yep. Marcus Carr, transfer of the point guard, will be the transfer from Minnesota. Yep. Courtney, uh, Courtney Ramey, who's yep. a senior at Texas. Andrew Jones, coming back his second year after dealing with a can- cancer-free, I guess. Um, and then the fifth Trey one, Trey Mitchell, yeah. Trey Mitchell from UMass, right? Okay. All right. So those will be the five. And then you think coming off the bench will be uh, Christian Bishop from Creighton, okay. uh, Devin Askew, the point guard, combo guard from Kentucky, and then Brock Cunningham, who obviously is he's in 
I call him an instigator because he's an instigator of physical play, right? And I'm not saying an instigator of fights. I'm saying an instigator of physical play every day in practice. He has a role in this team. Then Fabris as a shooter um, off the bench is going to be key. I think there'll be some – I think there's going to be some nights where Brock Cunningham could play 18, 20 minutes if they need that, depending on – it's all matchups, right, in basketball. Everything's about matchups. And I think that, that depth gives – uh, Texas the ability to really lock in defensively and not be scared of foul trouble. You but, know, I, I, I got to tell you this, that Brock Cunningham and it, it, his, uh, his energy, what he yes. reminds me of, and this is an old guy that's a Houston Rocket fan, right? Growing up, he reminds me of Kurt Rambis. <laughs> Rambis, obviously. Was, level. That's a good yeah, 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 exactly. He's like a different type of guy. He's much bigger and all this other stuff, but was Cunningham 6'6 six, six or so and just full of energy and like he, he seems to give the team when it needs it a boost in physicality effort. Um, And I think that that will play into beards kind of his MO of what he had at tech, right? Where these guys all gave it all. all I I think, and I think the biggest thing, I think one of the biggest things in basketball, when you get with a talented team, is guys understand their roles. I, I think that's huge on teams like this that are that have seven, eight, nine, or this team, eight, nine, ten guys who can really start at, at some schools. Is those guys all understand their role. Marcus Carr understands Brock Cunningham's role. Courtney Ramey understands Christian Bishop's role on this team. If everybody understands the roles and everybody buys into what they're doing, that's when this team can be really good. And, and for the Texas fans, I, I, one of the big things, you know, in football, it's offensive line, right? It, it's offensive line, offensive line, offensive line for the last decade. In basketball, the one thing you hear is Texas is a bad free throw shooting team. Well, for the Texas fans that are following this team this year and watching this, the returning uh, 11 players that played college basketball last year, Combined to shoot 76% from the free throw line. Um, and that includes a couple of guys that aren't going to play as many minutes who weren't as good. Uh, but your guys, Marcus Carr, uh, uh, Courtney Ramey, Andrew Jones, they're all 80%. Uh, Devin Askew, 80% from the free throw line. This is a team that I think can shoot 76 77% from the free throw line as a team, as long as Christian Bishop improves a little. He's the only guy that was sub-60 last year, but they think he's got the ability to be 66, 67% free throw shooter. If he does that, this team's going to be a 77, 78% free throw shooting team. And it's also guards that make free throws late in the games. And the bigs, Disu and Mitchell, when they get fouled, they shoot 73, 74% from the free throw line. Timmy Allen shot 76. So these guys are going to make free throws. And I think they're going to make them when it counts. And I think that helps you be a more dangerous offensive team because your opponent doesn't want to put you on the line as much if you're going to make free throws. But then the flip side of that, Texas has to knock down the three. So this group, now Marcus Carr was forced to take bad threes last year. Anybody that watched Texas knows they took a lot of late shot clock, 24-footers falling out of bounds, right? They didn't take good threes at Texas. So this group coming in has the ability uh, that I believe can make 37 38% from three. Last year, all these guys combined shot 34 and a half, but it was a bunch of bad shots, four shots. If they can hit 37 to 38% from three, you're talking about a team that's going to be really d- tough to defend when they also make free throws. So interesting. I, so so that 
let's put this now in a different context, right? So I think people understand Texas is, is probably legit in basketball this year. Based on what you've said, what we've heard and read and uh, all the transfers coming in all, and, and the coach, right. they're going to be legit. Let's put it in context of the Big 12 because um, Baylor's coming off a national championship. Yep. Uh, they did graduate heavily, though, right? They did. Uh, but, and then Kansas is the 800-pound gorilla in the conference traditionally, right, in basketball. Um, and so are those all three of those top 10 teams right now? It, yeah. That's Kate, what it Kate, says. I mean. Yeah, I, I believe so. I, I do believe so. Some people would say, well, Baylor may not be a top 10 team. I mean, whether you're ranked 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, I mean, look, uh, Scott Drew's done an amazing job at Baylor. Uh, they were the worst defensive team in the Big 12 when he got to Baylor, and he has totally changed everything he does. He's also a guy that's made the most of the portal. Look, four of their top eight were transfers last year. Now, they, I think the interesting thing with this Texas team, and I'm going to get to your point in a second, is most of the transfers at Baylor uh, had four last year. Only one was a first-year player in the program. So those guys have been in the program a couple, three years, right? Houston had three of their top seven were transfers last year. All of them have been in the program more than a year. So that's the thing Beard's fighting this year. These are guys are all coming together, uh, three or four of those guys, possibly just for one year, and you got to maximize it. But, yeah, Kansas is ranked top three preseason. And I do think they're a top three team if you look at what they have returning it, it, to Kansas and then what they brought in the transfer market. Remy Martin, really good point guard, combo guard out of Arizona State. Kansas is going to play really fast this year. Um, and that'll be an interesting matchup of Texas because Beard will want to slow that down a little bit. Um, I, You know, Scott Drew, look, he got a point guard transfer in from Arizona who may be the newcomer of the year, him or Marcus Carr in the league. Um, so those three teams all brought in big-time transfer point guards. And I think that's interesting when you look at the Big 12. But the thing about the Big 12 is, look, Porter Moser's got a rebuild at Oklahoma. He's been to a Final Four. Bob Huggins, multiple Final Fours. Bruce Weaver, Final Four. There's six coaches in this league who have coached in a Final Four. Jamie Dixon's been the multiple Sweet 16s at Pittsburgh. This is maybe the, the league with the best coaches, I say, per capita, when you consider it's 10 teams. And you're looking at four or five potential Hall of Fame coaches in this league right now. So it's going to be – it's going to be an X's and O's league. It's going to be physical league. Um, but Texas is sitting in a good spot. There's three top teams in the top 10, as you mentioned, Bobby, and I think they'll end up being five in the top 25. Okay, got it. So let, let's shift gears a little bit here because you and I always talk recruiting as well. Um, Texas already has one commitment from Arterio Morris, right? Uh, big, a big Out of the Dallas area, right? Out of Dallas Kimball, 6'3 guard, number – we have him ranked 14 in the country overall in the 2022 class. 6'3 uh, kid, extremely athletic, uber, ultra, otherworldly athletic. Call it what you want. Uh, he, he's kind of a freaky athlete, and he can do some special things. He's a guy who Chris Beard's going to have to mold a little bit. He's, there's some clay there to be molded. And he's great in the AAU scene. He's great on a uh, Tuesday or Friday night. He, playing within that college concept is going to take a little time for him, but he's a guy who should play in the NBA one day. Okay, gotcha. And he was he chose Texas over? Uh, he was committed to Memphis at one time, Penny Hardaway. That's where he's originally from. Um, he had a lot of people coming after him, but he, he came down to Austin in June. Um, and he immediately clicked with uh, Co Coach Beard. Kind of, the, they're kind of very similar in a hyper competitive way. They got into a little go kart wreck on the uh, uh, 
uh, official visit and Arterio said, yeah, if you talk to him, ask him, his shoulder's still hurt and I got him good. So I think those guys really connected. Good. That's awesome. Awesome story. Um, and then who else, who else are they, do they have left here? That- yeah. Yeah. That big one, big one, I think makes a decision here in the next week or so. Dylan Mitchell uh, out of Montverde Academy, uh, Montverde Academy in Orlando. He's from uh, Spring Hill on the West coast of Florida. 6'7", 180-pound, real high flyer, lefty, whose skill game, skill has really developed in the last year. He's better off the bounce than people see because if you just – a lot of times you look up a guy on YouTube to watch what he looks like. Well, this guy's highlights are going to be flying up from the dotted line, dunking the ball on everybody. But he's pretty skilled with the basketball. You know, he, he can really bend and he, 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 he can go left or right, uh, dominant left-handed player. But he also has a pretty – he's an improving mid-range game. He's a high-motor guy. He's a high-energy guy. Florida State looked like they had led for a long time. Uh, Rick Barnes, Tennessee, sitting third. But I think the official visit, the taxes, uh, was big. When he didn't commit to Florida State in, in the summer, I think that kind of opened it up. Uh, but he's a guy who was at one time was a lean Ohio State. I mean, he has a lot of people coming after him. He's a top 40 kid in the country. Some people have him top 20. So he's that level uh, prospect. I think he's a two-year guy and off to the NBA type of prospect. But I think Texas has done a really good job there. His girlfriend's committed to Texas, is supposed to sign in November. Um, she's a basketball a, player, right? Basketball player, yeah. Uh, Jordana Codio. She's from Jupiter, where I used to live. Now is at Montverde Academy as well. Uh, so that probably doesn't hurt Texas chances at all. But um, yeah, he's 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 a big time guy. And you know, look. And so if Texas only signs a couple of guys early, that doesn't like some fans are like, well, why you only sign two guys? Well, you might only sign two or three high school players nowadays, and then you're going to mix and match the high school. And the portal. Texas is also going to recruit internationally. We'll see if they find anything they like there. I think it would be a big that can shoot the ball and a skill internationally is kind of would be the fit with what they're looking for. But the portal is going to be heavy. And, and the hard thing for this staff, I believe, in recruiting is, you know, you don't know exactly which of these guys are going to be gone. I mean, Marcus Carr will be gone. Andrew Jones will be gone. Uh, everybody else could actually come back if they wanted to. Fabris could get another year from the NCA because of injury. Um, Courtney Ramey could come back because of the COVID year. So it's hard to know exactly right now, depending on the seasons these guys have, who's coming and who's going. But that's the great thing about the portal is you can build that roster if you're good at it without – I just think the days of signing five, six, seven high school guys in a class are over. I don't think – you know, if you're Virginia – Villanova, I think you can do that because they have such a great system. Uh, and I think Jay Wright really has the – he has the uh, the corner market in, uh, in college basketball. I think he has the code a little bit. But, you know, he's – Virginia will take guys that are ranked 40 to 70 in the country and they play four years. Well, there's some programs will do that, some won't, you know. And so with Texas, I think you're going to see them go more two, three high school guys uh, and then mix and match in the portal every year. So that and that to my to my point earlier about what what I was impressed with what you said is to be able to do that takes it takes personnel to make that a reality. You can't That's just it. wish you can't wish it to happen. No, Bobby. In te- yeah. Texas will have two. Texas will have a couple of guys uh, watching every college basketball game this year and kind of doing scouting for, okay, this is what we need. This is what could come into the portal. This is what we need. These are some guys we've liked that we've watched. I mean, I think that's where it is. And I think it's advanced scouting, right? I mean, it's almost similar to 
MLB in a way, it's okay. We're in a free agent. We're free agency now. So we need to know who all these guys are uh, and we need to scout them ahead and we need to have a list. Okay. This is what, what looks like our needs are. These are some guys we really like uh, uh, that we've seen play that play against or play this year on TV. And I think that's where it's headed. The great thing about the portal too, is it allows you to be reactionary. Some, some, right. you know, if you were out there right now, just recruiting solely high school guys, and not knowing what you were actually going to lose at the end of the day, um, that makes it very, very difficult. That, so now you can go, you can potentially, if you're Texas, go get that one and done guy. Right. Um, it, with the knowledge of, hey, he may be a one and done, but we can actually backfill with the portal uh, of somebody that's as good or uh, add more high school. And, and, and the last piece, but, yeah, the last piece to that, Bobby, is what makes basketball recruiting difficult now is the G League and the Overtime Elite League. I mean, look, there's guys who are signing out of high school. They're going to they're foregoing their senior year of high school. Some kids have foregone two years of high school to go to Overtime Elite, right? And they put it out publicly, oh, $1.5 million contract, $100,000 is guaranteed. Let's be real, at the Overtime Elite. Now, they you don't have a good business if you cut those guys, right? But you can. Now, the G League's different, $500,000 contract, whatever you do. Um, from endorsements, um, those guys are going to make really good money. But that's the thing you're battling in basketball recruiting is who do you really go after? Who's going to burn you in three months if you sign him? And then you're left holding the bag, right? So it, ba- basketball recruiting is very interesting. There's a lot of dynamics with it. And that, that one is just another one here in the last two or three years that's added to that. Um, and I think that's kind of all that combined is why you see Coach K and Roy Williams saying it's time to go play golf. <laughs> that's interesting. That's one way to put it. I, uh, Jerry, it's clear uh, from talking to you that you're as excited about where Texas is from a basketball perspective today than you've been since when? Um, yeah, since uh, TJ got Texas to the Final Four and then – you saw Daniel Gibson, LaMarcus Aldridge, all those guys coming behind, got to an Elite Eight. Then you saw KD, DJ Augustine, all those guys come in in another uh, Elite Eight the year after KD left. Um, I mean, Texas had it really going there. And look, Texas has the third most players in the NBA. Just think about that. I, I think I think if you told Kentucky and Kansas fans – well, in Duke fans, well, who has the third most players? I mean, Kansas fans would know it and they would say, well, they don't do anything with it, right? But uh, Texas has a lot of guys in the NBA, and that has a lot of appeal too. Um, so I, but I think Chris Beard, I'll say this. I talked to a longtime uh, guy in the industry who co- was a head coach in college basketball who now is on TV talking about the college basketball. I talked to him yesterday when I was driving and he was like, look, tell Texas fans they should be absolutely excited about Chris Beard. He, he's, he, this, coach, this guy is a former head coach. He said, I think they got one of the top five, six basketball coaches, pure basketball coaches in the country. And, you know, look, Beard doesn't – he doesn't shy away from expectations. I think that's one of the things I like about him is, is, is this team going to go to the Final Four? I don't know. Um, should they be a number one, two, or three seed? Yeah, they should, barring major injury. And then you'll see what happens in the tournament. But I think the guy, he's 4-0 in first-round games. He's 10 and four in the tournament. So you like your chances with him. And he's already shown that he knows how to build a roster uh, and put things together. And I think that's what most excites me because I think that was lacking in the last few years. So best basketball program situation in 10 years plus, basically, is what you're exactly. telling me. Exactly. No question. Um, and and uh, I think that from a Texas fan's perspective, the fact that he's an alum, Texas he, 
I, or, you know, I, I think that all matters. I, I think yeah. that that's, that's all part of the process. There, there's a reason John Shire got the Duke job, right? I mean, there's basketball is more of a keep it in the family. Jawan Howard coming them back to Michigan. That's huge with fan bases. And so if Chris Beard goes out and wins in year one, he'll, he'll pack that. He'll pack the house. Got it. All right, Jerry. Well, hey, I appreciate you. I know you got you got to run here today. Uh, this has been uh, Bobby Burton uh, with Jerry Hamilton talking Texas basketball. Uh, Jerry and I are both part of the uh, Inside Texas staff uh, where you can join us each and every day talking football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, whatever you want to. Please uh, consider a subscription. Also, this is a uh, episode of On Texas Football, even though we're talking about basketball here. And uh, so please consider subscribing to this video channel. Uh, as we continue to build out our offerings on it. Jerry, thanks again, bud. Have a good one. All right, you too, Bobby. All right, take care. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.